0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.
1: San Diego is one of the top cities in the country for multi-generational households. More than 10% of people live with three or more generations under the same roof, and each home is different. KPBS reporters Gustavo Solis and Katie Heisen explore this increasingly common dynamic, and they join us now with more on the triumphs and challenges of multi generational households. Katie, Gustavo, welcome. Thanks
2: for having us. Hello.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.
1: So let's start off by examining the multi-generational household. What exactly does that mean? Gustavo, I'll start with you.
3: Well, I think it's kind of self-explanatory, right? Multiple generations living in one house, and it manifests itself in different ways, right? It could be just living with, with a grandparent, multiple grandparents. It could be multiple parts of the family, like extended family, living with cousins and aunts all under one roof.
1: So, Katie, is this dynamic becoming more common in America?
2: Very much so. And that's partly because the populations that are growing fastest in the US are culturally more likely to live in these multi-generational households, but it's also rising among non-Hispanic white Americans, likely because of lack of affordable housing and people are just living longer, so aging parents need care.
1: Gustavo, what is it about San Diego that makes it one of the top cities for this sort of family dynamic?
3: I mean, the rent is just too high, right? It's hard to live alone in San Diego. Just look at the numbers, right? I mean, median income for household in San Diego is 89000 according to the Census Bureau. Median rent is almost 3000 right? That's $36,000 a year that you're spending on rent. The numbers just don't add up with how much people make over here and how much the rent is.
1: I can see the benefit of having a large family to rely on. Katie, can you talk about some of the benefits of a multi-generational household?
2: Sociologists say that living in a multi generational household leads to better life outcomes, like higher rates of college attendance, more social mobility, more women in the workforce. They can share finances and childcare. And these families tend to build more capital, not just in their finances, but also in community relationships.
1: You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition, and we're talking about multi-generational households here in San Diego. Question, does living with parents and grandparents as an adult create tension at all? What are your thoughts on that? And what's being experienced by people you spoke with?
2: I think it totally depends on each family's situation, and that's going to be shaped a lot by privilege. You know, how much privacy and space you can buy. So the family I spoke with is living on these gorgeous 12 acres of nature. The house is paid off. The grandparents built a separate building for their bedroom and bathroom. And they say there's very little tension. That situation is not the case for most of San Diego's multigenerational generational Households, You know, it's very different if you have to live um, on the couch or in the garage versus an an in-law suite, for example.
3: And Gustavo, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, the opposite of what Katie said. Uh, The family I talked to doesn't have 12 acres uh, in in National City. And I think it's important to say this isn't, I mean, it wasn't purely done by choice. It's done by necessity as well, right? We were talking about the rents and everything like that. I think one of the biggest ways it plays out is with how you managed time right? Both parents work. Uh, their child is in, in fifth grade. They also have to be caretakers to the grandmother. So they essentially just added a full-time job to their schedule, and that full-time job doesn't pay. Uh, Liliana, the, the mother, told me that just getting help from the county has been a pain. There's no clear guideline of how to access public services that her mother is entitled to because she has spent decades working and paying her taxes. So I imagine it would have been a lot less stressful for them if they had... You know, if they had money to pay for someone to help them out in that capacity.
2: And if I could add to what Gustavo's saying, the sociologist warned that a lot of that caretaking work and additional work that comes in multi generational households ends up falling on the women. That in mind, how
1: do families work to mitigate that kind of daily tension?
3: communication and patience is what they told me over and over again just try to be on the same page um I know there was a, a an interesting dynamic at play and, and Katie my family kind of was a good example of what you just said that the the women tend to do more of the caretaking work um but I know uh, Ricardo the husband will tell me like sometimes um His wife is having an off day and he has to be the patient one, kind of the the good cop, bad cop. And then sometimes he doesn't have the bandwidth for it. So his wife steps in and is is kind of the calm presence. And they just kind of, they each have their roles to play and they they feed off of each other and they lift each other up when the other one needs it, uh, which, which was actually pretty beautiful to see.
1: And, you know, you both talked with families of different socioeconomic standings. How does wealth play a role in the multi generational family dynamic, Katie?
2: The so wealth, of course, buys you more privacy and space and lack of financial conflict. Those are three things that can really cut down on the stress that can come with this multigenerational living. An affordable housing advocate I spoke with said this really comes down to a zoning issue. So more than three quarters of San Diego's residential housing is zoned for single families. So there's all this property space left unused that could be developed to more comfortably accommodate all these multi-generational households.
1: And Gustavo, how has wealth or lack of it impacted the family you reported on?
3: Well, I think similar issues we've been talking about, right, if, if you can only afford a house that is so big and has so many rooms, right, you can only, uh, you only have so many hours in the day that you're not working. But um, I, I think those are the main ones, right, like time, space, uh, and a little bit of luxuries you may or may not have access to.
1: And Gustavo, can you talk more about how cultural pressures play a role in this story?
3: Yeah, I think the cultural, I would say cultural tradition more than the pressures, um, uh, but I guess it depends on how you interpret it. But I I would say it's huge in in this case, and in a lot of cases, just because of the amount of uh, Hispanic folks in San Diego. Um, You know, when I said the decision to have grandma move into their their home, it wasn't purely out of financial necessity because there was an element of choice, and that's where culture comes in. Uh, Ricardo, the father, grew up in a house where his grandma lived with him, so, so for him, it wasn't even a question of whether or not they'd take care of a relative. Uh, same thing with Liliana. She told me uh, straight up that even if they had the money for it, she still wouldn't feel comfortable putting her mother in a home. And, and yes, that comes from, from the culture. But there were also concerns about the safety and cleanliness of some of the facilities. And they'd have to do a lot of research into figuring out which place they want to f- put their mother's hands in, you know.
1: I mean, from where you all sit after having done this reporting, do you think multi-generational families are a sign of the times, or is it more that people are re-examining how they live and who they live with?
2: I think it's hard to separate those two things, right? So the times are expensive, and that's forcing some creative problem-solving, even among people that haven't traditionally or culturally considered multi-generational living, But I think the good news is that there's so many benefits if you can make it work. So for some, what may have started by necessity might turn out to be a happy accident.
3: I think the pandemic plays an interesting part in all this, right? Because we were so isolated for a couple of years and uh, there was really like that that struggle and need and desire to be closer with family. I think maybe that is coming into play a little bit in, in the minds of people, just taking the, the quote-unquote post-pandemic time to really reassess what's important to you, what's not important to you, and how you want to spend your time and, and who you want to live it with.
2: And in, in my case, my family actually were together during COVID lockdown intending to Uh, move out. It was meant to be a temporary visit, and they just never left after lockdown opened up.
1: I've been speaking with KPBS reporters Katie Heisen and Gustavo Solis about their stories on multi-generational households in San Diego. Thanks so much, you both, for talking with us.
2: Thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks
0: for having us.